Okay. Coming at you from New Jersey, the capital of misery and the place where metal forgot to die, this is the Here Lies Metal Podcast. A podcast that brings you the origins, history, and culture of everything metal. Once again, I am Maledictus, and we are once again here with the lovely Samantha, and we shall be your overlords for today and all of eternity. Welcome. Now, today, we're going to do an interim episode. We're going to do episodes in between every real episode from now on. And we realized last week, um, the episode took about, I don't know, an hour and a half. And that's mostly because... two and a half? More like, yeah, no, it was two and a half hours. And that was mostly because I have to spend almost an hour on the news. So we've decided to give you a separate news episode every week. And this will be an episode on basically the metal news of the week. and Or any kind of reviews, maybe concert reviews or movie reviews. You know, basically something that is not any, it's not a normal kind of content. It's not a playlist. And it's not a historic episode. We're just going to tell you the news. Because I have a lot to say about the news. And there's always a lot of news. And as your newscaster, as your reputable newscaster, I believe... Um, I am your new source in real news, as opposed to fake news. All my news is fake, isn't it? All metal news is fake. We work very hard to get yes. accurate news. Well, we hope it's accurate. We can't, we don't, you know, we don't get this news ourselves. It's we all just, straight from Twitter. It's tra- straight from social media. Surely true. Tr- probably. Good enough for me, huh? You know? So, so let's get on with the news of the week. So, before we begin, I've decided to do the news, as I always say. This is my tagline. I have to, I have to read this script every time, because um, I'm so authentic. These are a few stories that the metal media at large has been covering this week. So, if you haven't heard this already, get ready for the maledicted spin on these stories. Here is the Here Lies Metal News. Here we go. So, we have this week. We have a whole bunch of stories this week. A lot of interesting and fun stories in metal. So, um, this, is, this is one that's comes up every once in a while of the rage of Slayer and Exodus's Gary Holt. You know, you all know who Gary Holt is. He's basically is the guitarist for Slayer who replaced Jeff Hanneman after he died. And he's also the one of the founding members of original Thrashmasters, Bay Area Thrashmasters, Exodus. So, so Slayer and Exodus is Gary Holt. Um, every once in a while, you'll see him with a Kill the Kardashians shirt, understandably. You know, I mean, you know, if you know anything about the Kardashians, they're, I mean, what, 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 what do we know about the Kardashians? Not a lot. Well, they were on, um, they were actually, um, the daughters of one of OJ's lawyers, if you didn't know that, if you remember, uh, what was his name, Robert Kardashian? Um, yes. If you ever saw the OJ movie starring... Good movie. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Well, Minis is very good. I don't think um, Cuba Gooding Jr. played the best OJ, but um, it's a hard task. Yeah, it's a hard task. Anyway, but yeah, but the <laughs> Kardashians are actually featured on it, you know, and they're like, "Hey, one day we'll be popular." It's a little joke. That's a little sort of Easter egg in the movie. Yeah. But anyway, the Kardashians are grew up to be really annoying, as you know, and they constantly anger guys like Gary Hall and other. Real metal, real metal people. Uh, I think mostly he gets mad at people like the Kardashians or people in that general um, culture of what are they called? What did the Firefest people call them? Well, 
Um, they had a name influencers? for influencers. Well, Social Gary media Holt has a very specific grievance against the, the Kardashians. Yeah, specifically them. Not but, just like what they represent. They harmed Gary Holt. Yeah, like he really specifically focuses on them because basically they'll they wear shirts using iconic metal imagery like you know shirts of Metallica or Ozzy when they probably you know don't really know anything about these bands very likely. Um, I mean, that annoyed me a lot, so I can only imagine how Gary Holt felt seeing his actual band yeah, with, like, Kendall Slayer. Jenner's he's like, face Yeah, and he's like, really? It. Well, and one thing he's mad about is they have their own fashion lines, of course, and Kendall and her sister Kylie released a merch line using the likenesses of, you know, iconic bands like Ozzy and Metallica. And, of course, these shirts were shut down by those bands' lawyers before... You know, obviously, you cannot just they, they, like these influencers think they're just entitled to use copyrighted imagery because they are who or they, they are. Or they probably think those bands would be grateful. Yeah, they're not. They're, <laughs> they're first like, of all, yeah, those bands have a lot of money. They're not. They don't need you in any way to promote them. Because they're you know paid huge sums of money just to mention things. Yes, and they think that goes with anything. It does not. Um, the metal world does not need you or want you in any way. So, but let's continue here. So, um, Kim Kardashian had tweeted something about um, how people are stealing fashion ideas. That means a lot to her. You know, fashion is something that, you know, to so someone like me who works for a fashion company, fashion means absolutely nothing to me. I mean, it just doesn't. It's another planet for me. But someone like Kim Kardashian, her life obviously revolves around this pointless concept, this pointless bourgeois concept of fashion. Right? I don't so, know. So here's a quote um, by, a tweet by Kim Kardashian. She's very angry about uh, people stealing each other's fashion ideas. So this caused Gary Holt to respond. But I'll read, you know, in, I'll read how Kim Kardashian said this. Okay, here we go. Kim Kardashian voice. It's devastating to see these fashion companies rip off designers that if she's not from Brooklyn, is she? <laughs> no. <laughs> We're gonna continue with that one. Have taken the blood, sweat, and tears of true designers who have put all of their own original ideas. I've watched these companies profit off my husband Kanye's work for years now, and it's also affecting designers who have been so generous to give me access to their beautiful works. I can no longer sit silent. So Gary's like, "What the?" So I love Gary, this language she used. Like yeah, she just, I don't know what planet she's from, really. She's just from... can't sit silent anymore. They can't sit silent. It's, it's so terrible. Injustice. It's so oppressive to us, to me and Kanye. Um, Kanye just wants to make America great again. Um, so Gary Holt responds. Um, here's Gary Holt voice. I don't know how Gary Holt talks, but he looks like he talks like this. So Gary Holt basically quotes her tweet and responds with, so says this dumb fuck from a dumb fuck family with the longest history of ripping off designers on this earth. Like, when they thought nothing of taking musician album, album artwork without permission and slapping their fucking faces over them for $120 t-shirts. We sell them at my company, by the way. Or buying one of each design by a designer, paper trail leading straight to them, then copying them down to the last thread. Google Kardashian fashion ripoffs. Hey, Kim, go fuck yourself. 
That's what Gary Holt has to say to her. I'm a little worried about Gary. My, he, he just he's obsessed with hating them. You know? Yeah, like he's put too much research into this. Yeah, he worries about it a little too much. I mean, don't worry about them. You know, if there's like, a problem, get your lawyers. You shouldn't think about the Kardashians then. Yeah, you, you're, you're, you're Gary Holt. People love you. You're a respectable metal person. You do good things. You call out Tom Mariah when he says stupid shit. Um, you know, you're real. You're, you belong in Slayer. You know, you're, you're legit. No one's ever going to question you being in Slayer. Um, you have you had very big shoes to fill, and you did them very. You filled those shoes very well, and Slayer. And of course, you're a founding member of Exodus. Great band. You've got a lot going for you, Gary Hope. But don't, yeah, don't worry about her. Don't. He's mad. Don't worry about her. She doesn't affect you or anyone else. And they could try to copy their. You know, they're not. They're just shit people. Okay, who people of low intelligence in this world worship. And there's always going to be those people, Gary. And there's always going to be us. Who you know who will inherit this world after the nuclear you know holocaust? Okay, so don't worry about it. Don't worry about a thing, Gary. You're we're fine. Like don't they won't survive. They'll be eaten when when the world comes to an end. They will be the first ones who are eaten. You, Gary, will be doing the eating. Am I right or am I right? Don't worry, Gary. You're okay. So let's move on. Okay. So in uh, Corey Taylor news, which many uh, what does. Corey what does Corey Taylor think news, which you know, a lot of media in, in the metal world likes to talk about, you know, they always have to make sure, especially Loudwire, they have to like make sure you know what Corey Taylor thinks about some random thing, you know, whatever it might be. So in this case, Corey Taylor said on a recent radio interview with um, Steve Jones of the Sex Pistols, I didn't know he had a show, I didn't know he was even in the Sex Pistols, um, that the Imagine Dragons, you know who they are, they're like in every commercial now, they're... Basically, they've come up a lot as an annoying band. And uh, they should be the next... They should really take the torch from Nickelback as being the scapegoats of rock and roll. As you know, Nickelback always comes up as... You know, when you think of something... You know, when you want something to compare it to something bad, you say, well, they're like Nickelback. Like, for example, I said uh, that Five Finger Death Punch is like the new Nickelback. Or they're the Nickelback of metal. You know, usually you'll use the word Nickelback in something. So basically what, what um, Corey Taylor is saying... Is that I should say Five Finger Death Punch is the new is the Imagine Dragons of metal? That's what he's implying, I think. I disagree. No, what do you think? I don't know. I think rock is in such a different state with Imagine Dragons yeah. now versus Nickelback. Like yeah. Nickelback genre was very popular still at the time, and yeah. they were a very popular band. I think Imagine Dragons is popular, but like yeah, yeah. the state of rock is, I don't know. It's too different. Yeah, I don't think they're rock. I don't think it's rock. Is that rock? That's not rock. I don't know. It might be like, like considered indie. Yeah, well, well it would be indie like in a different alternative. era. Yeah, I guess it's what alternative. Like that, it's not indie because it's not independent. That terrible new alternative radio station yeah, in New it's York. Alt -rock, it's like they'll play like Nirvana, yes. then Imagine Dragons. And then like Green Day, yeah. and then Imagine Dragons again. So it's for so. like young. It's like for millennials who look back at like Green Day and Nirvana, like oh that's classic rock, and then they'll play something for like the younger people. It's for like basic bitches. Yeah, I think. yeah, it's just for bit. Yeah, that's what it's. You know, it's for that. It's for a completely different different generation than me. I think Imagine Dragons. It's it's music that an old person like me will listen to, and I'll just be like, I don't get this in any way, you know? Uh, but anyway, you know... I mean, 
I I do think Nickelback is a better band. Well, of course, yeah. I think uh, you know Nickelback recently has showed interest in playing Slayer songs, apparently, which I'll I'll listen to it. I would give them a shot. Okay, I'll be like, what do you got, guys? Show me what you're doing with Slayer. I'll... I I guess like Imagine Dragons not a laughing stock because rock isn't important. Yeah, and Nickelback was part of an important genre. Yeah, they were. And they became, like, the most ridiculous yeah, somehow. Uh, manifestation of it. Yeah, they came up in the post-grunge era, you know, after, like I say, Kurt Cobain died, you know, we got this post-grunge group of bands, and they kind of led that in a way. As And, of course, they got really got the title of the worst one, besides Creed, I suppose. But, uh, you know, yeah. Um, I bet Corey Taylor just likes Nickelback. I think he does. No, I think there's surprisingly a lot of people that like Chad Kroger, uh, Devin Townsend. So, oh. so Devin Townsend is like good friends with him. That's They're Canadian though. Odd. And I think like, like I think Dimebag Daryl was also friend. Like they didn't have a problem with him. Like they did stuff with him. Like they weren't part of this whole, oh, Chad Kroger is a terrible thing. You know, like they're all like, what, 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 Chad Kroger? What's wrong with Chad Kroger? Like there's a whole part of the industry. I think Corey Taylor is one of those. I don't think he really has Stone Sours. Basically, yeah, you're the same shit. <laughs> you're you're the same. You're not heavy. You're like I'm not gonna say Stone Sour is a heavier version. He's just of worried you're people just... will notice it's the same band. Yeah, be like, oh, you're the Stone Sour of metal. Yeah, you don't want that, Corey, because that you know that so for some reason you don't get that. I don't know why. If it was up to me, I would give you that. I would say the Stone Sour of metal. I would say it because you're you're not. I mean, maybe you have a slightly different audience. Maybe you have less Midwestern fans than Nickelback. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I'm not even sure about that. Maybe... They have know, a little bit more edge just by association. A little association. bit? Just by association with Slipknot? Not really musically. Maybe you have less Can- Midwestern Canadian fans. That's what I'm saying. Like, people from the or Manitoba or Alberta probably like Nickelback more than they would Stone Sour. Because Stone Sour has that little bit of a, you know, oh, that guy used to wear a scary mask. Whereas Chad Kroger just has a funny-looking face. You know, he doesn't need a scary mask. So sorry, Corey Taylor. We don't buy it. You don't buy it. You know, we know your friends. We know you like that guy. We know your fans. Your best, your besties. BFFs. So is that it with that one? Yeah. Yes. Anything Nickelback remains the Nickelback of Nickelback. <laughs> You're the Nickelback of Nickelback. Nickelback is the Nickelback of Nickelback. Thank you. Uh, in obligatory bad news we have every week. This is, you know, not really news, but I have to tell you probably. Like when I tell you this, you're going to be like, Obviously. Well, like, of course this. Yeah. So we were talking about this in the Punchable Band. These are both two Punchable Bands that are made. They should have children together. Um, Five Finger Death Punch is going on tour with In This Moment. Obviously. Why wouldn't they? The fans are like, yeah, In This Moment. Yeah, Five Finger Death Punch. Who, who, I want to know which one of my listeners out there likes both these bands. Write to me, tell me, and give me a full reason why... You like these bands. We should just go, like, hang out in the parking lot yeah. and report on what we see. Yeah, I, sh- I would love to do that. Yeah, that's a good idea. When they come around here, maybe if they come to PNC, we'll just go there and just go in the parking lot, heavy metal parking lot, drink some beers, and just watch them. Yeah, like, that's maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> Live from heavy metal parking lot, PNC uh, Art Center. Um, it's Five Finger Death Punch and In This Moment. They'll probably come there. Like, I imagine they will. Yeah, I think that's a good adventure. I, I was speaking hyper. No, I want to go. No, I want to... I, I have to do research. We have to go, like, like a wildlife expedition. Like, we have to just... And, you know, the fans are coming. 
were watching him, we were observing these Five Finger Death Punch fans, and uh, they appeared to be conjugating in a group. Oh, they're fighting! You know, and, and yeah, well, you think for we could do that? Yeah, yeah, for anthropological purposes. I, I thought of it because one time I was at the Saratoga Springs Park, yeah. and unknowingly Dave Matthews was performing in SPAC, so there was definitely some unsightly people, just yeah. like hordes of horribleness. Playing just, hacky sack. No, no hacky There's sack. There's no hacky sack. They don't do that. They don't do that too hippie. That was in the 90s. Actually, that was in the 90s. Actually that. too hippie. They were like, we don't do that. They are like, we're not weird hippies. They used to do that when I was young. They're not interesting enough to play no. hacky sack. It's more interesting. You're not interesting enough to play hacky sack in the parking lot, people. No. The Dave Matthews Band. You are the Dave Matthews Band of of music. But I bet there's a lot of people who are really happy that they get to see Five Finger Death I Punch guarantee you there, the same night. there is a class of people, and a, a type a of people. True. I want to know who these people are. So if you're out there and you happen to be listening to this show, you know how much I hate both of those bands. So if you're guilty, if you think that's a good idea, I want you to tell me and explain why. Explain yourself to me, okay? Because I am the scribe of all things metal, and you owe it to me. I'm entitled to your explanation, okay? So, because everyone's wondering. Like, a lot of people are wondering why you would see that, you know? Well, those people will probably be interested in our next item. Yes, this is very important. This has to, you know, this is similar news. So, um, new band called... um, Sleep Killers? Sleep Killers. I don't know if they're that new, but... Uh, features members of Limp Biscuit, Puddle of Mud, and uh, they sound exactly how you'd think. We're going to play a little expert, excerpt from it, if you don't mind. So here we go. Uh, this is Sleep Killers. And just listen along with us here. We're going to critique this song very quickly. Um, now, I don't know who... I think Wes Scatlin was in Puddle of Mud. I think he went to jail, though. All of these... Really? Yeah, I think he went to jail for something. I'm noticing a trend here with all these. I think they're a Christian band. Right? I thought it was a Christian band, right? This sounds very Christian. My knowledge of Puddle is very limited. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I could, I could do, I'll look that up for you. I think they were a Christian band. And it seems like all singers of Christian bands eventually have a meltdown. They lose their shit because they just can't take it. They're like, what am what, like, Christian and rock and roll? Like, I'm just going to lose my mind. And they go crazy and they go and they, they just end up, in the gutter somewhere on drugs. This is this is how exactly what he said. How it's sounding. I mean, this is modern day um, post grunge new metal ish stuff. I don't know. Well, it's made from new metal. It's made from post grunge, Christian post grunge. I might add. So just combine those. Yeah. Listen to that. That's where. That's what you expected, right? Like, that's just. Um, I mean, I'm okay with a lot of revivalist stuff. Because this would be, this sounds this like something. This is harkening back to almost 20 oh, years ago. Sure, yeah. it's totally 1997. So it's kind of like, you know, the trash bands of the 2000. Yeah, but that's, you know, I'm okay with that. Well, yeah, well, I'm okay with that, but I mean, these guys are going to be like, guys, they're like, somebody what likes this. Um, the same. This is over. The same people that like, um, that are happy to see like, um, I don't know, maybe the. Um, Fans that go to see Slipknot or Stone Sour, Iron Maiden. Oh yeah, like this too, man. Like those guys, people that are like into this. I don't know. I think uh, there's. I think it's a kind of song. 
Sorry, people, if you had to listen to that. We just yeah, had to show you. We had to show you. So, speaking of bands like that, speaking of Christian post-grunge, um, Creed singer Scott Staff, who also had a meltdown and went to jail, just like Wes Scatlin. Uh, they're just, um, when you're in that when you're in that life, it's like being a child actor. You know, everything's going good. You think you're doing a good thing for the world, and you just lose it one day. Like, you just you wake up one day. Threaten to kill the president. You threaten to kill the president. Did that happen? Did something yes. Ooh, did, did, did Scott stab? Yes. Oh, jeez, Scott. Which president? This one? Obama. Oh, of course. Yeah, I, I imagine. I figured he'd be this like a Trump This was a while fan. ago. He's apparently been clean president. for like four years. Well, okay, but you had a meltdown, obviously. Um, he custody of his children. Oh, you had children? Someone had children with you? Um, he's a Christian. He's a Christian, and we must have children. We must populate the world with white people. Um, it's one of those people, maybe. Um, so, but... Never mind that. That's something that he went through in late in recent years with Scott Staff. By the way, Scott Staff, you don't know who that is. He was the last man to Yarrow, I think. Well, maybe not the last man. No. But he was doing it way too after all the post grunge bands like Nickelback and Stone Type of Pilots were doing it, maybe like a few years later he comes out with this band called um what were they called? Creed. Creed. And um he starts shooting like this. I think he was just the best Yarrow. Uh, no, I don't think. He was kind of late to the game. Well, the best, not the first. It's like, you're the best, though. Like, you did this way better than um, Lane Stanley ever could, you know? He was, like, the the best of, like, the terribleness. Yeah, he was, like, the, the, the pinnacle. Because Lane Stanley was good. Lane Stanley invented it. Enjoyable. it. Lane Stanley. Lane Stanley. Lane, Lane yes. Stanley. I always call him Stanley. That's not right. Uh, but yeah, he was no. He was like the inventor of modern drug, which is fine. Like, he did it with a lot of feeling, but uh, guys like Scott Staff kind of came in, you know, late to the game. But he's like, I am the pinnacle of Yarling. I guess you could say he was the pinnacle of Yarling. You know, we can watch this life for. But you know, he's singing about Christian things, Yarling, and you know, at that point, maybe a lot of people really weren't into the Yarling thing anymore. So. Um. But anyway, I, well, this is, I've, I've continued to neglect why we're talking about, because he has such a colorful past, as you all know. Um, he was recently signed to Napalm Records, which is kind of just that whole idea that is kind of newsworthy. Interesting choice. Yeah, because as you know, Napalm Records is mostly metal bands. Uh, like, I saw a tweet of someone being like, Satyricon welcomes new Well, yeah, Satyricon is uh, another band, you know, kind of like an older... Um, I guess they. I don't know if they were black metal, but they come from that. Cut. They come from that mold. They're very I guess. Satan-y. Yeah, they're like European and Satan-y. You know, whatever. We're in those kind of bands. Um, and you know, Scott Staff shares. You know, uh, bosses with them. They both work for the same company. Just I. I can't wait to see what he does. Yeah. What will he? Will he do metal? Or will he just go? Maybe he'll sing about Satan. He'll be like, Satan, yeah. He'll do a a song with Tobias Forge, maybe. Tobias Forge will be like, yeah, I like this guy. We're going to do a song together. It it could totally happen. Uh, Tobias Forge is not... um, Oh, he's bipolar. Oh, of of course he is. You shouldn't make fun of him Oh, okay. He needs to be medicated, maybe. Listen, it was the Christian rock that caused mental illness. If you just got into regular music... You, you wouldn't have this meltdown and raise because he's bipolar. No? I think bipolar people are more likely to be religious. 
Yeah, you think so? All right. Well, Scott Staff, we hope God um, leads you out of this. He guides you. He gives you guidance. I bet you doesn't. I bet you he. Listen, I bet you he hates God now. I bet you kind of guided him to metal. Yeah, maybe he like snapped. He's like, "There's no God." He's like, "God is dead." I believe in Satan. Maybe you know. Maybe he's like that now. You know. I bet you he is. He's like. He's like God led me into a gutter. You know. He's like now I believe in the true Lord of Darkness. We'll find out. More news on Scott Staff when as it comes. Uh, is that all the Scott Staff? Nothing more. <laughs> nothing more to say about this bipolar, this poor fellow. Um, so there's a campaign to get Napalm Death to play a pop festival, um, and it's your duty to help. So this this extreme metal band Napalm Death um, might join pop superstars like Little Mix and Jess Glynn. I don't know who they are. Please write in. I don't know who that. Who is that? Can you tell me who those are? I don't know. Maybe they're British. Yeah, I would imagine they're British. This is a British. The British are more open-minded to music. Like, the British charts, like, back in the day, anyway, like, in the British charts, like, prog rock bands used to, like, top their charts, which would have never happened here. Like, they'll they'll hear a band, like, Genesis or something, like, oh, this is good. Whereas Americans are like, oh, this is too complicated. They they put Napalm Death on the BBC. Yeah, absolutely. They were on the BBC. Like, Napalm Death in England has gotten mainstream airplay. Like, they've, like, they're... They were a British institution. And at this point, they, they are like the inventors of grindcore, really. So I think in England, they, they're like, well, grindcore has a place in music, too. I bet you at, the, at their Grammys, they probably let well, them come in. No, night. this was like a viral thing where yeah. there was a poll made by a website of who do you want to see at this pop and festival. He, and all these people and I'm not sure how they got on the poll. Like, if they were just included as a lark, and then, like, Twitter made it happen, and they got, like, 98% of the votes. Social media. Like, that's how the internet does. But, like, they put, like, big pop stars on it. Like, Rihanna. But but people wanted Napalm Death, though. The people said Napalm Death, though, right? Well, it was metal Twitter. Oh. They did it. Oh, it was a viral campaign. Okay. But that's what happens. That's when people mobilize, they get their way. Am I right? That's how, you know, that's how our politics could be saved, the same way. So, people, take take note of that. Your voice matters, as you can see here. So, politically, you might be able to get your way in the same way. And apparently they are in talks with the festival to actually... So, there you go. It's like, they're like, okay, let's do this. And bassist Shane Embury is totally into it. Yeah. I think, you know, they're at a point where they're very open-minded to a lot of things. I've seen them a number of times. They're always fun. Uh, Napalm Death. Always fun. I saw them like back in the nineties. You know, Lee Dorian used to sing for them back in the day. Nice that they're willing to play on a mixed genre bill, yeah. which we'll get into later. Yeah, that, that's um, that, that's interesting. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, moving on. That's that's just funny. That's funny. That's good news. Um, so in New Jersey news, since this is here lies metal, the podcast that um, gives you the misery of New Jersey, the place where metal forgot to die. One of New Jersey's most important bands, of course, is Overkill, as you know. And Overkill, in their latest album, The Wings of War, contains a song about New Jersey, specifically about New Jersey, called Welcome to the Garden State. And uh, basically, if you watch the video, it shows all these institutions of New Jersey. It's almost like the Sopranos walkthrough, you know. And, um, and if you listen to the end of the song, spoiler alert, they do that Bruce that from the boss that uh, Born to Run, you know that ending of the song that coda that whoa, whoa they they kind of little bit homage to New Jersey. I think when people think of New Jersey, they just have to think of Bruce Springsteen for some reason. 
I guess he's from, you know, I don't know, he's an institution of New Jersey. Well, we have more than that. We have Bon Jovi. We have the Misfits. Yeah, maybe they do. Both of us like Bon Jovi. Yeah, they're they're probably more going to, yeah, they're going to be nicer. (laughs) They're going to be a little more, um, uh, you know, a little more uh, inspired, you know, be inspired by the boss, maybe. But, you know, they could have been inspired by the Misfits. That's New Jersey, right? Um, There's a lot of people from New Jersey. There's a lot of bands from New Jersey. A lot of people are from New Jersey, you know? It's true. A lot of people. You'll name a name and I'll tell you from New Jersey or not. You know, it's a lot of people. Is this the lady group next door? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> interesting. I'm going to tell, I've been telling everyone I see about this is random people. So, I'm going to tell you. So, across the street from us, there's a house, you know, and it's, there's some normal people living there. However, someone had told um, your sister. She was walking down the street and somebody said, oh, the girl from the B-52s used to live in that house. She didn't say who. So I asked her, I'm like, who was it? Was it Kate Pearson? She's like, yeah, I think that's who it was. So I looked up Kate Pearson and yes, lo and behold, she was raised in Rutherford, New Jersey, where this podcast takes place. Don't come looking for me. On our street. Across the street from us. So Kate Pearson most likely lived across the street. She probably moved out. That's definitely true. Yeah. It's most likely true. Anyway. Um, she definitely lived in Rutherford. That's that's a fact. So um, she probably moved out in the seventies, though. She probably has not lived here since the seventies. She probably went to college in, in Athens, and you know that she probably moved out like in the early seventies. She's really old. She's like in her seventies. So you know, it was a long time ago. It was before I was born. She was not living here. So I just thought that was so interesting that Kate Pearson, you know, the big dumb redhead from I don't know if she's dumb, but I call her big. She looks like a big dumb redhead, you know. So. They're being mean to Kate Pearson. She's probably not dumb, but you know, she's a big redhead. Did and you listen to the Overkill album? I listened, listened to the album. I listened to that song and I liked it. I thought it was good. I like that song. I didn't listen to the whole album. It's pretty standard, Overkill. Yeah, Overkill's pretty standard. They release albums often. Since I interviewed Bobby, they've come out with like two albums. Like they, they work. <laughs> they, they work a lot. Like they just keep pumping out shit. It's not necessarily awesome stuff, but they're doing stuff. So what are you doing, people? What are you doing with your life? You know? So, you know. Uh, it's also a new Candlemas album. Let's do Candlemas album. Same day. And so you told me that Candlemas brought back their original singer, not before the guy that they had before Messiah. Yes. Yeah. Johan Langvist. So he's like an old dude. Um, yeah. So yeah. I looked up the timeline. He was there like in 1986. Ah. And he hasn't been involved since. And oh. now he's back. So they just got him. Did they have a different singer? So they probably had an in-between singer between Messiah. No. It oh, so he right. came right back. Oh, okay. So he's been with the band. Okay. So, I mean, I, people... No, who, oh, no, no. They've had many right. vocalists. Right. That's what I'm saying. They probably had other singers in between. They had they had Messiah back, like, maybe, like, 10 years ago, briefly, yeah, I think. Yeah, that album was good. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's like, the vo- people think of Candlemas, they think of like, uh, Messiah Mark. Messiah's... Really, the only candle mask. Yeah, he's the only one. I, I'm not gonna listen to the other ones. Like those iconic songs, those iconic riffs, those are through him and that yeah, voice, that operatic voice. I want to say that I've listened to this album like a few times, and I really like it. And I think Johan sounds pretty good. Johan. I think he does. He takes a little bit getting used to because the yeah. guitars are so iconic. It sounds yeah. just like Candle Mask. Yeah, so you're riff expecting masters. like Messiah uh-huh. to come in at yeah, any going, moment. Oh. So when Johan comes in, it's, it's like, a oh. little like, off-putting oh. at first. You're like, all right, you're not a, you're not Messiah, yeah. but he is good. Yeah. And 
I, he's the original I got guy. into it. Being that he's an original guy, he deserves respect, obviously. And there's an epic song on this epic. album uh, that features Tony Iommi. They got Tony and Iommi to show up. It's about an octopus. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> Let me find the title. Is it because like octopus, s- octopi are s- popular on the internet? Is that why they did that? I don't know. It's called Astoralus, the Great Octopus. Uh, what is that from? Is that like some sort of story about? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not familiar with octopi, really. Um, it's about an octopus, you know, from space. Oh, oh, oh. Over. Okay, so there's been recent, and this is like fake news, really. Like what these internet people are like, oh. Rumor, you know, it's been it, it, it's it's factual that octopi are probably from outer space, you know. But it's like a bullshit thing to say. It's like some. It's one of those like, I I, what's that site called? I fucking love science. That's well, that's really credible. I, you called your site I fucking like science, so I'm gonna really believe shit that you guys say. You can't say fucking and science at the same time. Why not? Because it's like science. You're supposed to be serious. Science is cool now. But yeah, and it's cool. And the nerds are cool. Remember when nerds used to get beat up? Like, remember when you were a nerd? All right, let's and not. And you got beat up. Let's not go down this you path. Got put in a lo- you got put in a locker. You know. Candle I was, Mass. Awesome album. Ca- candle if Mass, If you yeah. like classic Nightfall, Candle Mass. Yeah, this is Listen good. to this album. Octopi are not from outer space, people. Okay? Just stop believing everything. And Nikola Tesla is not a god, okay? It's, he was a he was a schmuck, okay? He's a weird idiot who was a who was a racial like purist. Anyway, um, what do we got next? Okay, we're getting into black metal territory. It's getting scary. Um, Are you scared? Yeah, because these guys, you know, and we'll get into this more. This will get scarier. Um, super duper serious black metal band. Terrorism. What is a terrorism? Sounds like a problem you have with I'm your sure teeth. I'm sure it's like some satanic ritual. Terrorism. I give you the terrorism. Um, they're from Minneapolis, by the way. Real tough. Um, they are refusing to play with a joke. And there's a lot of joke bands out there right now, which is, you know, obviously certain genres of music they like to parody. So it's a band called Death Beard, Death Beard, <laughs> Neck Beard Death Camp, which is, you know, that's kind of hilarious in its own way. So terrorism was supposed to, was, was scheduled to play a show, a festival, in uh, North Dakota with this band on the bill and they were like we are not playing with them well no they didn't say it like that but they probably wish they said it like that so what do you have here so should I read this part <laughs> it's a little long it's a little long so we gotta sort of... they published an original like announcement they were pulling out and there was backlash mm-hmm. because they said they were pulling out because they want to play this joke band yeah it's not and then I guess their bassist released excuse me this very long uh diatribe basically about their whole philosophy on playing with uh, other bands and genres and it was really ridiculous and kind of pathetic but um yeah you should read this part uh, uh <laughs> where he's explaining yeah, why further. this I, is from their bases m- mind you black metal there's no laughing in black metal as you probably know you probably know that already um black metal i'm gonna make them talk like even though they're from they probably more talk like this they probably talk. Should I make them talk like you're from you Minnesota? Think he, from Minneapolis has a fake Norwegian. Oh, so I'm gonna accent. make I'm gonna fake make a fake Norwegian accent. I'm gonna make him talk. How he talks. I'm not gonna make him talk like you know like he's from Minnesota. I'm not gonna you know make no, him. I'm sure he has like a talk fake like Fargo. satanic voice. Yeah, I'm not gonna make him talk like Fargo. I'm, you know, so okay. Minneapolis is not North Dakota. It's like right next to it. They talk the same <laughs> line. Okay, go on. Uh, so black metal, as we understand it, is that good? Sure. Created. 
and perform it. It is the purest and most distilled manifestation of Satanism possible with this in the genre of metal music. Really? That's interesting. Terrorism and other sincere practicing bands in this genre must create an atmosphere of, if not true believers, then sympathetic participants in the audience. In fact, we don't even like booking shows with death metal bands because death metal is life metal. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that, I made that. We are try, we've tried playing shows with eclectic lineups. There's a difference between experience a moment of profound and terrifying conviction with the presence of real diabolical power. These guys are very serious. It's cold in Minneapolis. It's cold. This causes this kind of behavior. A bunch of drunk frat boys laughing at guys in Halloween costumes and raccoon makeup. Neckbeard Death Camp issued their own response. Well, they said it in that voice. So, so should I read what ne- yeah, yeah. Now, now um, Neckbeard blah, Neckbeard Death Camp responded in all caps as they would as someone who was angry on the internet would. So, here we go. Neckbeard. How should we make No, this is like sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, obviously. They're like, they're being... They also published a very long response of which I took in my excerpt. Okay, so we're going to read this. What what, what should they talk about? Will they make them sound silly? (laughs) Just read it out normally. No, we're going to make them... Hey, man. We also (laughs) think shitting on somebody for taking their art seriously is not what we sh- we should do with this event. We hope those guys learn from this. Frankly, I was expecting to see their set. He was excited. I was oh, so that I can't read. I can't read all caps. Sorry, it confuses me. <laughs> Frankly, I was excited to see their set. Conversely, shitting on someone for weapons grade el- weapons grade elitism. I'm gonna use that from now on. Is a banner we will gladly march under. As that is the very nature of this project and what we do. I'm making him sound like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It's the same thing we hate about black metal. Yes, black metal people, as we'll discuss very shortly, are, and it's a, it's a tradition that they they don't have a sense of humor. What they are, they want to be real, true, and that takes, you know, you're not supposed to smile. This whole, this whole story is so amusing to it me. It is. Um, so, terrorism, basically, terrorism. they need a, sta- a safe space yeah. to perform. Like, the idea yes. of someone watching they a, them... They need an echo chamber. Of having a mixed bag yes. of, uh, they can't of an audience. Under, they want everyone opinions. there to like them. Yeah. To know that everyone will like them. I wonder what these guys look like if they come and make Because otherwise, like, he even mentions it. Like... If everyone likes them, then suddenly this is a display of pure evil. Yes. They need an echo chamber of <laughs> only fans. If anybody in the audience is doubting, then they're just in Halloween makeup. I'm doubting you because you're from Minneapolis. And so, if there's anyone at the show to see Neckbeard Death Camp, then... I would, you know... You know, to them, they're like, those people are going to ruin everything. There, there's always room for parody bands, you know, like, the people have sense of humor, it's fine. Black but metal deserves to be made fun of sometimes, I'm going to end up a victim now. I'm I'm very thankful to, 
Paris especially yeah. because For, they brought Neckbeard Death Camp into, into the, my life. Right, because otherwise you wouldn't hear about this. It's exactly what I needed. Yeah. Th- this uh, article came from a Metal Sucks, by the way, who, you know, appreciates, you know... Well, this is right up their alley. Yeah, they appreciate a band that makes fun of... Which, you know, is, is annoying as everyone thinks um, Metal Sucks is they do bring things like this to light. They enjoy things like this, which I think is fine. I mean, I think people that are offended by Metal Sucks are people that just take metal way too seriously. You know, they just put... That's all, it's irony. You know, metal Sucks. Maybe it's run by some hipsters. But whatever. They kind of give us... You know, you got to laugh about things sometimes. Sometimes people in metal just take things too seriously and people end up getting hurt. As we will segue into our next story. So last night, me and Samantha went out for a movie date, like people do, and we saw a lovely romantic comedy called Lords of Chaos. Now, if you don't know what that is, I, I do, if you're into metal, I do recommend you see this movie. You know the story of Lords of Chaos. It is the very constantly told story, many times recited, the legend, it's a legend, it's an epic legend of Norway um, about the conflict between Geronimus and Count Grishnok or Varg, Verkinus, whatever his fucking name is. Um, this has been a legend in metal. Many a podcast has done this story, even people that have nothing to do with metal. Um, true crime podcasts have done it, and I'm going to do it one day. I have to do it right, because so many people have done this story before. Like I want to do it with my touch, because I want to really make it unique when I finally do this story. Because this is the most important story in all of metal ever, I think. You know, it really changed. It really brought black metal into the forefront when this happened. I remember when it happened. I remember right after it happened, hearing about it. And it was like, whoa. As a kid, people do that? You know? Have you ever heard of, like, Mayhem before no. this? No, not before like that. Like, I heard of Mayhem back then, and I heard of Burtzum back then, and all those bands, because it was out in the middle news now back then, in the 90s, even before the, like, well, the internet was just starting up. But, you know, there was actually a local, there's a local guy who, um, the, the uh, Grimoire um, by Beelzebub, who was a local, you know, clown around here, who really brought, he had a magazine, and that's where I read about it. And I, because he was obviously a big fan of that, and this was before the internet. I read about it in this fanzine, and I was like, "Whoa! Like this is, this is a thing," you know. So they made this has been, the story has been circulating for decades now since 1993 when it happened, and now it's like in the mainstream. It's a movie now that costed millions of dollars to make, starring Macaulay Culkin's brother as Euronymous, who is, you know, of course the unfortunate. Victim. Uh, spoiler alert, Euronymous dies at the end, you know, but you probably already know that. You know? I wonder how many people see this movie and they don't know what's Yeah, you know, yeah, it's true. They, maybe this, this is, people are just going, oh, let's see this movie about metal. Like, you know, maybe a lot of people, there's probably a lot of, like, maybe more mainstream people that aren't aware of this story. I know? mean, I don't know. We had to travel kind of far. Yeah, it wasn't like, well, this okay. It does not have a wide It's, it's still an independent. It's, it was directed by, um, bleh. Johan, um, what's the name? Ackerlin, who's made many, um, many of a, a rock video, many, many, many rock videos. He's made a lot of rock videos. You've probably seen one, a very popular rock videos. But he did a great job with this movie. I think the movie was really done well. And we're yeah, gonna I go enjoyed over. it. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Um, but we're gonna give you our our take on Lords of Chaos. Um, so, what do we think about um, Euronymous, played by Rory McCall? 
Rory Culkin. Rory Culkin. I thought he was really good. He was good. Imagine the day where you'd see a guy that looks exactly like Macaulay Culkin playing Euronymous. I would have never thought I would see that. And he, he did a good job. And, and, and I didn't know it was him. I'm looking at him like, he looks familiar. It's good because all the Culkins have that kind of creepy look. They have that them. look. I think they were genetically created, the Culkins. Um, they were gener- gener- genetically created by their parents to generate money off of. And uh, they all look all the right. same. They're like Aryan clones, man. They're like... I yeah. thought they did a good job with Euronymous of treading this very fine line of making him... He's definitely... It's told from his perspective, so... Yes. Oh, yeah, by the way, yes. Told from his and when you do that, you always kind of make the character relatable yeah. a bit. But they him. really highlight, he's not that likable. Yeah. I didn't find him, like, he's an asshole. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. Being that he's the speaker, you kind of take his side because you kind of have to, I guess. And, like, you understand why he does this, yeah. things he does. You relate yeah. to them, like, from the worst parts of I, yourself. I totally understand what they're doing. So, basically, the kids, they're like, well, they're not kids. They're, like, in their mid-20s. He was 25 children. when yeah. he died. So, so like, they kind of should know was, better. very young. Yeah. Well, I think they kind of should know better, though. But this is, you got to understand the environment they're coming from. They're coming from Norway. There's not, there's, in the early 90s, there's nothing going on there. These kids have nothing else going on. They're really bored. Okay, they're in this sort of social paradise, I would say, um, where everything, one thing these kids all have in common is they all come from good families, every single one of them, including the murderer. They all come from well-to-do families in Norway. Like, not one of them has a problem in society. Like, their parents love them. There's no problems in the families as we far, as far as we know with any of them. They all come from, like, really good families that are very prosperous. So it's like, what? You know? And so Norway is just, must be just, like, this miserable place where everything right. is so good. Maybe it's just they don't get a lot of sun. They don't. No, they don't. He, one thing he said in the beginning of the movie is that we have a very high suicide rate, which might also lead to things like black metal in general. Yeah. You know? But I think you have a good point. It's like black metal is this indulgence of... The bourgeoisie. Yes. It's not going to come from the ghetto. Just like emo. Working people don't have Pe- time for They don't shit. have time. People that are struggling. That's what the same thing with emo. You hear these emo Emo is a suburban movement. It comes from North Bergen County. I guarantee you. It doesn't come from anywhere else. You need like rich, angry kids that are mad at stupid shit that doesn't even matter to make emo. Same with black metal. You need like kind of well-to-do angry kids that are bored, that want to rebel, that, and that are going to take rebellion further than any kid in the ghetto ever would. You know, they're going to take it further. They're going to take that to a level where it's dangerous. You know, maybe some kid in the ghetto might rob something, but these people are going to, like, kill someone for no reason. Burn a church down. Burn a church. Burn, which happened. They decided... Well, it was funny. I always thought, like, someone like Varg was doing it because of paganism. But no, he didn't know why the fuck he was doing it. Like, he was doing it for cred. Yeah, street, street cred. <laughs> but and like well, that's they, what this movie these offers. kids, I always thought they knew the difference between Satanism and paganism. No, they just all bundle it all together. They're edge lords. Because it was all edgy. I'm a pagan. I'm a Nazi, and I'm a Satanist at the same time. <laughs> I'm everything bad. I'm everything bad at the same time. <laughs> they didn't know the difference. They were just like. And basically what this was, and I can relate to what they're doing, because growing up, I encountered kids that were essentially, they weren't burning churches or killing each other, 
but they were rich kids. They were punk rock. This was in the form of punk rock. And they basically would all try to outdo each other in doing, like, oh, I'm going to piss on the audience because Gigi Allen did that, so I'm going to do that. You know, like, it was things like that. And they all tried to outdo each other. And this is the same thing. Like, these kids are going through the same thing. They're from only maybe, like, a more darker, colder environment. But same idea. You know, rich kids that are really bored and they're to have sort of an edgelord arms race against each other. So that's basically the premise of the movie. And they're making that very clear in the movie. They're like, this is what this was. And they really get into the characters of who all these people were. And they were all just pathetic Terrible. kids. This movie was about how young men are the worst yeah. human side. Young men, when they're together, they try to out... Of course, these kids were 25. They weren't young men. They should that's, have known better. That's young enough. Yeah, but guys in their early 20s I wasn't thinking terrible. like that when I was twenty five and I was living. You know, I mean, it's I was not living at my mom's house. It's you know, yeah. not all men. Yeah, but no, 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 no. A lot of men. Yeah, a lot of boys. But usually, like you kind of get out of that when you're by the time you're in your twenties. But yeah, but these kids were still pretty much living with their Delayed parents. Development. Yeah, and I think in Europe maybe that's more normal to kid for kids to live with their parents, whereas in America it's kind of you, you're you're twenty, get the fuck out of the house. This is New Jersey. That happens. Well, no, here New Jersey all the time. does. Yeah, this isn't like you know some place where that's more possible to do. But in Norway, obviously, I think the European culture in general is kind of supposed to stay home. It's not like a bad thing. Um, but yeah, so these kids were all pretty well-to-do kids. Oh, oh by the way, um, if you're one, I'm not going to spoil things. I mean, obviously, you know what happens at the end. But I'm not going to There's spoil. nothing to spoil. Yeah. Well, you know, there's certain scenes in the movie I don't want to really spoil. But there's, like, there's definitely some cruelty to animals. So if you're one of those cat people that just loves cats, there is a dead cat trigger warning in this movie. And it's taken very lightheartedly by the characters who are encouraging the murder of cats at one point. So if you're one of those people that are offended by that, you probably don't want to watch this movie. It's not a it's not a constant scene, but there is a scene featuring dead cats and shooting firearms at cats. So if you're one of those weird people that like are um frightened that are creepily into cats and I know who you are, um you, maybe you don't want to watch this and get over the fucking cats, okay? Cats are annoying. I don't say we should shoot them, but they're fucking annoying, okay? Dogs are better, right? Dogs are better. Um uh, <laughs> Also, say trigger warning for knife violence. Yeah, yeah. Oh my. Okay, so there's going. This movie was very graphic when it comes to the killing scene. There were more than one killing scene. Well, there was a number of bloody scenes. There was a suicide scene too, um, when there dead was, uh, becomes dead. Um, as you know, the story. The original singer of Mayhem, of course, was kind of mentally ill, and and, and going for dead. You know, who was the original singer of Mayhem? Um, he was the only one who wasn't really trying to be. He kind of inspired this arms race, not willingly. He was just naturally. He was mentally up. ill. Seriously, seriously mentally ill. Like they made it seem like he didn't have malice no. for other people. He was innocent. Really, he was just like messed up. Yeah, he wasn't trying to impress anyone. He just couldn't help it. He was probably schizophrenic. He was deeply troubled. He probably had a. We don't know about his child, but he probably didn't have a good childhood. It is believed. And he's doing all these really fucked up things, not because he's trying to impress anyone. Like he just does fucked up just things. Expressing himself because he's a he's mentally ill. He's externalizing the internet. And he inspired. He was all the edge people like, oh wow, we're hanging. He this guy's so cool. But he's well, not yeah, trying they to definitely be cool. see, made it seem like Euronymous saw dead. Yeah, and he's and like, wow. 
was like, wow, this is how far I needed to take it. Yeah. But of course, it wasn't genuine. Honesty. They made the hero out of him. He was, until, of course, he took his own life. And when he did, they marketed that. They, of course, as you know, they took that famous picture of him, his head blown all over the place. And apparently, they took fragments of his skull, which are still available today, apparently, um, and yeah, made necklaces. necklaces out of them. Um, you know, which is your... And Geronimus did this, like the yeah. hero of the story. He kind of sees an opportunity. Like, did you think this hero was likable? Yeah, that was. He, that was he looks at it as an opportunity because he wants to do anything to be noticed. He wants to be ultimate edgelord. And that, of course, in the, is until he meets Varg. And Varg seems to outdo him every time. And it leads to murder and mayhem. What did you think of Varg's character? Um, okay, so Varg's character is not what I expected, um, b based on all the videos of, of the real Varg. You've watched, watched a lot of real-life Varg. I watched, yes, real-life Varg. And of course, we'll get into Varg's response, because obviously Varg has something to say. He's not... And his fit is, by the way, his channel is still up, if you care to watch this. If you care for a laugh, um, the Turian perspective... Let's find out. Is uh, he's still on? I thought he was gone, but he's still. They, he's probably demonetized, but I'm, not that he was ever monetized. But I thought maybe he would be taken off YouTube, but no, he's not. Despite all of his um, racism. Um, but so we should. We should. Is there anything else in the movie? We want to. We want to. Uh, oh, see. Varg's character. Well, I thought that yeah. you know. I mean, I think Euronymous is a bit better written. It was kind of hard to understand what was going on with yeah. Varg a lot of the Yeah, time. where he was from but, and what. They did a good yeah. job of making him seem really pathetic. Pathetic. He was absolutely pathetic in the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, he Even is... Even though he would out-edge him, it was still pathetic. Like it he was, is not likable yeah. or sympathetic no, at all. Not at all. He was not... They did not heroify him in any way in the movie. They were not like, oh, well, maybe, you know, Varg but should have been Velsar. Not like I, in any way. I almost thought they were going to go that route because they did the thing where he first started right, he was an outsider yeah. and he just seemed like a big fan like of mayhem. Like a nerd, like a stalker kind you know, of. He wasn't cool enough to yeah. hang out with them. But once they accept him into the gang, he definitely he becomes very scary. Like, like he just has fucked up things. But he has no... Like, but he doesn't do it with grace. He wasn't like... He wasn't, like, dead. Like, it was still all yeah. acting. Oh, yeah, it was all Varg. acting. He just did it with a creepiness. He just had a lot more dedication yeah. than Euronymous. Absolutely. He, he took was, it like, to a new level. You know, I'm, you know, I understand. Well, Euronymous is kind of just a normal guy. He's yeah. like a sociopath. Yeah, he's definitely a sociopath. Like, yeah. <laughs> where he understands all this is wrong, but he's still willing to do he's it. Like, or at least, do this, like, though. Yeah. not stop these things from happening. Yes. And Varg's more of, like, a psychopath. Yeah. Where, you know, sure. he wouldn't, he has reasons to do it, and he wouldn't normally burn a church just He's for doing fun. It because... But, you know, it's serving a purpose, so he'll do it without any sense of uh, yeah. hesitation or, you know, regret. Yes, he, he will do anything to be no And they both, of course, had their own musical project, which they were trying to promote through causing these crimes, causing this mayhem. Which, you know, they would admit to. They, these, they weren't very smart. These, they were not very smart. None of them were very... They never knew consequence in their life. That's why both Varg and Uranus were from good families. At one point, Varg gets the money from his mother to, like, make this album. So, obviously, he has a supportive and, and wealthy family. Yeah, with cash. money. Yeah, so they they both have these very supportive and very ignorant parents who don't really know what their kids are doing. They're like, oh, okay, that's, that's, no, he sends a record, so that's so nice. 
Like my parents would just never. They would never. <laughs> they would never do that. They would. Yeah, they would just. They would. They would just discourage me from day one. Um, but it's good to have encouraging parents, I guess, so you can do tell you, people. Do you think this movie should have been Norwegian? Yeah. Yeah, I think the movie was totally with English actors, not. But, you know, Aside American from actors. Rory Culkin, who, who's only famous because he's a Culkin, yeah. he hasn't really been anything else. Yeah. Um, you know, I there was no it's names it's attached to the project. No. So it's kind of like, why just not just use Norwegian yeah. actors? Yeah, I would have felt better. Yeah, I would have felt better if it on, was. On the other Norwegian. hand, this movie was very funny. And yeah, it had a lot of fun. It would not have been as funny in Norwegian. Yeah, yeah, yeah it probably would have seemed like a much more serious movie if it wasn't. I just think it would have been authentic. This movie is a comedy, everyone. Yeah, it would have been authentic, though. If it was in origin, um, we went over the murder scenes, right? We, did we go over that? Yeah, that was they were, they're brutal. They they you're really show how hard it is to kill brutal. someone with a knife. Like you're gonna cringe. Like you don't self defense murder somebody with a knife. And they show every detail of the killing, every stab, every response. It's brutal. Okay, so if you could, you, you know, and I and I've seen everything, but I was you saw I was cringing. I was like, <laughs> Steve's. I was cringing. Lot. Like I was like, oh no. Yeah, it was. It's very brutal. So, like, you've never seen anything like it. Like you see in the movie, a guy gets stabbed, he dies. No, it. There are like thirty stab wounds, and you go, through, you feel every one. So you're, you know, you're gonna be like, ooh, at the end of this movie, it's very bloody. Um, but I'm glad that they captured it. You know, like as a, it, you know, being a movie, a, a music a biopic, as opposed to say like the Queen movie, which was kind of just very glossy. You know, I would have wished. It's like a feel good. Yeah. I would have wished the Queen movie would have been graphic, and it, it could have been graphic in some ways. And they didn't really, you know, they were like, no, like we're not, not going there. Movie. They're like, we're not going there. Actually, apparently, like Sasha Baron Cohen wants to play, but the the way Sasha Baron Cohen wanted to make Freddie Murphy was going to be very graphic, as you know, as it should be. But they're like, no, we're not going there with, you know, he wanted to take it to the truth. Anyway, but, it was a good movie. Yeah, it was very good. So obviously, like I said before, Varg um, responded. He made a couple oh, of videos. I I, I do also like. That they didn't give the Varg the dignity of like no. an epilogue of what happened yeah. to him. They just because it's it's depressing. That yeah, he's out there They're now. Like, you know, he's free. He's living he's, his life. He's with not like in jail. Eight children or something. Yeah, he's some sort of Euro survival. He's some sort of Eurocentric survival. He lives in France in like a Volkswagen bus or something with a bunch of weird hippies, and he has this. Watch him on. You'll see his life, his pathetic life on YouTube. If you just, for your comedy, for your comedic um, entertainment. But he made a couple of videos regarding this movie, as he would, and he, um, as you can probably sense, he's I not. I made Maledict just watch them because I. Yeah, she, yeah, them. Sam did not. She's like, I can't sit through him. He's just disgusting. And, you know, he is. He makes me laugh because I just have a sick sense of I'm like, he just, this guy is just fucking hilarious. He just makes me laugh every time. And he always has to say, "Let's find out." So, so what was Varg's response with this? Let's find out. Um, so yes, we we were doing a series. What is you know what is what the shit that Varg says? Well. Here is the ultimate episode of shit that Varg says, because Varg said a lot. Um, first off, the first thing he mentioned was he is very unhappy about who they chose to portray Varg, who was, quote, a fat Jew. Um, you made, you cast me with a fat Jew. Um, Varg says, I am Scandinavian. He was very upset by the use of this fat Jewish actor. Maybe they did that to the trigger him. Maybe. Yeah, look, when I saw him, I was like, was Varg fat? Like, and he wasn't. He was not fat. He 
guy wasn't fat. He was a little. He thick. was kind of chunky. He was a little bit chunky. I mean, he's not as thin as yeah. a Coke. He, he was kind of like sloppy. You know, he's very kind of just. just he was kind maybe of, like, you know, fifteen pounds. Yeah, overweight. He was a little chunky, but you know, so you know, they, yeah, maybe they just. He was fine. He, it, it fit his role how he acted perfectly, though. You know. Yeah, it made him seem like it the made, soft it, kid. Yeah, like the softy, <laughs> and it fit like the way he the creepiness of him that that body type fit, almost like an incel. But he wasn't. Well. It. We'll get into. We'll get into that. Like he was not that at all. Um, uh, of course, Varg also claims the actors said many things. That, read in quotes that you know Varg claims he never really. Ever they didn't said. have an insight into what yes. Varg said at the time. He's like he's like that was none of that. Basically, I never said that line of dialogue. Yeah, he's like I never said that. According to um, Varg, nothing in the movie is true. The movie is completely. Nothing. False. Everything about his, the way he's portrayed, is completely false. Uh, and it's basically an example of character murder. And he claims he did not approve the use of his story or the use of his name. But, you know, they probably just didn't fuck you. Then what are you going to do about it? You can assume me from fuck your you Volkswagen Varg. bus. You can assume me from living with your hippie commune in France, you fucking weirdo. Um, and he's tired of all the lies about it. He's fed up with it. He's very... He made a number of videos. He made like three or four videos on this. So uh, he's... And he'll probably make more you know, as time goes on. Because he makes videos often, you know, from his trailer, whatever. Fuck, I don't know where he gets power. Though he, like, you know, lives off the land or whatever. But according to Varg... So here's more from Varg. According to Varg, Euronymous didn't have a girlfriend. Uh, there's a, there's this, you know, sort of like these metal chicks in the movie. Like these groupies. You know, and Varg... I'm sorry, um... Geronimus takes a liking to one of them, you know, love story, but, um, and he's trying to impress her, of course, and she's kind of not interested in him at first, you know, because he's not edgy enough or whatever, um, but according to Varg, this girl did not exist, uh, Geronimus had no girlfriend, and Geronimus was gay, he was in the, he was a closeted homosexual, that's a, you know, Speaking of character murder of someone that's dead that can't defend us. Not that, you know, maybe I mean, he was. I mean, he was. We know yeah. from Rivard being gay is super bad. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's I'm trying sure. to talk shit. Hey, uh, Varg, you're the one that was in prison, man. Not not Euronymous. So, I don't know. Do whatever. Uh, maybe you have to do what you have to do. But uh, I won't get into that. Uh, Varg also claims that the filmmakers had no permission to use his name as well, which I mentioned before. So, yeah. So, Obviously, well, why don't you sue them then? I guess you could sue them for, for, for libel. I don't know. Um, but, you know, you did do these things. You did, they, they have it on record that you didn't murder this person, so we know that's true, right? And I don't know, as a, as a convicted criminal, I don't know no, what rights you have. nothing in the movie is true. Yeah, well, nothing in the movie is true, though, so we don't have anything to worry about then? <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that, that invalidates your point, right? I don't know. Yeah. Move on. Whatever, Varg. Um, and one of the reasons he killed Euronymous was um he was a terrible businessman according to Varg and that you know he basically ran that record store to the ground uh well you know and Varg had to give him money that he got from his mom to help with the you know the record sales and, and record production I mean I um, don't think the movie makes it seem like Uranus was a good businessman yeah man. yeah but the Varg never say anything about it in the movie though like you he's, know no he's he like Varg money. according to like his stories said he had to try to help them help him with the business and Uranus would spend all the money on like other things instead of putting it back into the business. He wasn't a good, which you know he probably did do. Who knows, you know? But um, there's a scene at the end of the movie during the murders, this very brutal murder scene, um, where, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give that away because like I said, you know what happens, uh, where Varg as he's after he stabs Uranus for the first time, he 
makes himself a glass of chocolate milk. Because in the movie, he is um, a straight edge. Uh, he doesn't drink and he, he doesn't eat meat. Um, so yeah, he basically fixes himself, you know, sort of like a child almost, like very, you know, almost like a, like he's innocent, you know, like he's just, he makes himself a glass of chocolate milk. I feel like he was trying to do it to like show how fucked up he yeah, is. Yeah, he's like, I'm just going to make I'm going to take a break milk. in the middle of my stab. After he stabs him, yeah. And like, look at me, I'm just going to have the chocolate He's like, oh, milk. chocolate milk, cool. Aren't I cool, Euronymous? Do it's you like, think I'm how, cool yet? It's ironic. It was irony, I guess. Um, and also, Varg, in the movie, like I said, he's a vegetarian. And they, they you know, when he tells him that, because, you know, there's one scene where Euronymous is eating, like, a falafel or something, or, or, a, or a tie. Shawarma. Or, or shawarma. It was shawarma, There's yeah. a lot of shawarma. Yeah, I think that's popular up there. I think in Europe, this you know, thing. Um, and he says, you want some? And he goes, no, I'm a vegetarian. And he's like, like Hitler, right? And he's like, yeah, like Hitler. He's like, yeah, yeah. exactly. He's like, exactly. He's trying, you know, yeah, like Hitler. Um, Varg it claims he was absolutely not a vegetarian. He was only a vegetarian in prison, he said, because he was getting sick off of the food. So he did that for health reasons. But he was never a vegetarian. Um, so he wants you to know he was not a vegetarian ever. He's not one of those weird people. Um, um, there's another, there's a funny scene in the movie where when Varg is trying to become, he kind of introduces he, the himself. The first time he approaches Euronymous yeah, after a mayhem show. He's wearing a vest at full the of patches. Shop. Yeah, at the shop. And he's wearing a, pat, a, 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 a battle vest, and it has many bands on it. And, no, it was um, kind of a pathetic battle vest. Yeah, it was kind of a silly like, one. It was kind of a wannabe. A few patches. It's kind of like my battle vest. It's kind of like a wannabe Yours was, yours was better. <laughs> I have cool. I made my own patches, all right? I'm doing cool. Um, so on the breast pocket, it says scorpions. You know, maybe, you know, scorpions is a great band. But, you know, if you're a, a, a black metal edgelord, <laughs> scorpions is probably not a great band. So immediately... The only thing Euronymous says to him when he introduced himself, well, he just... Well, it was great because, like, uh, Varg approaches Euronymous so awkwardly. You know, yeah, like, like, he gets oh, up from uh, the table and, hey. like, almost knocks something over. Yeah, like, like very so clumsily, very to nervously. And Euronymous just gives him this look, this arrogant look, and just points to the patch, and he goes, Scorpions. And, of course, um, <laughs> Varg is, is, is devastated. He's like, oh, my God, I choked. You know, like... So he goes home the and he guy just approached Euronymous and he rips the patch off. I don't even think about my scorpions. Patch. Yeah, because he thought that was cool, but he goes home and he just he's he's shamed. He's shamed and he just rips it off and he and becomes, they show it in the and trash. He comes back without it next. He comes back with you know stronger patches next time. But according to Varg, he was never into the scor into scorpions, not the scorpions. Scorpions, by the way, because not the scorpions. Um, and before he met, but and, and Varg claims before he had met Euronymous. He only listened to Bathory, Creator, and Destruction, which are all um, German, uh, Creator and Destruction are German bands. And where the fuck is Bathory from? I don't know. But they're all European bands. And she was, so he was into true, you know, metal. He wasn't into Scorpions. You know, at we're all. Gonna, we're going to get Scorpions patches. I Yeah, I'm right going to there. get Scorpion patch <laughs> on my spot. breast pocket. Yes. And I want people to come up to me and go, <laughs> Scorpions. <laughs> like, that's right, bitch. Scorpions. They rule. They're fucking awesome. You know, what's, you know what's the best Scorpions when they had Uli? What do you think? Write to me. Uli. Uli's the best guitarist for Scorpions. Awesome. Um, and by the way, according to Varg, he never saw this movie. He seems to know a lot about it. But And he he tells, he says he hears about it through social media. And he was also given the script, but he said he never read it. He's like, I'm just not interested oh, in this. Oh, he definitely he read totally it. totally read it. That's how he knows it's all lies. Yeah, you, that's right. You know, yeah. But see, so he claims, he keeps claiming he knows nothing about the movie. But meanwhile, he knows everything about the movie. Um, according to Varg, um, after, you know, after he went to the press, uh, in the movie, and you'll see that scene, it's really, it's really just, like, 
You're cut, it's a head slap. It's like, why? What is fucking wrong with you? Like, you, but you'll see. That scene was great. Yeah, it's basically when the kids meet the grown ups. The grown ups are like, what? What is wrong with you kids? Um, like, you guys are dumb. It's like, shit. God, you kids are dumb. So basically, after that happened, he claimed everyone ratted on each other. Like everyone basically just became, you know, like tried to get the other one in trouble after they were found out, according to him. And the only ones that didn't were Fenris, as you know, who was in uh, Dark Throne, and Hellhammer, who was the drummer. He's like, those are the only guys that didn't talk. And they're, and they're both represented. I believe Fenris is in the movie, briefly. Uh, Hellhammer is the drummer. Um, the, the characters in this movie are represented really well. It, it, I think the movie was, was far more accurate than I thought. It, it was it actually, all those people were in that band. Um, Necro Butcher, who's in the band now, he's the one in the movie that left after he found out he was going to use, after he handed them pieces of, of dead skull. He's in the, he Didn't left. They make Necro Butcher out to be like this dude. Yeah, guy. as like, he's like, I don't, I want no part of this madness. And he leaves the band when Uranus hands him. He's like, you did what? He's like, yeah, he's like, you, he's like, we were, we were, that was our friend. Like, you, you're just, you're fucking twisted. So, you know, he's the only voice of reason. He's in the band today, Necro Butcher. I think he's, I think he's the guy that was like, fuck you, to a banger. You know, I think that was him. He was drunk and he was pissed off. But, you know. Still black metal. He's still black metal. True black metal. Mayhem is still around today. You can see them today. Um, and uh, one thing about the movie, which has really kind of caught me by surprise, um, and it even made Euronymous, like, jealous in the movie, is once Varg started becoming apparent that he was in Mr. Total Edgelord burning churches, women, parades of women literally wanted to have sex with him. Parades of women. And he was like, the whole movie, he's like fucking women. And it's like, Varg? Really? And um, in real, in Varg, you know, obviously contested many things in the movie. He did not contest that. He said nothing. He did not mention did he that. Mention it? Yeah. He didn't even mention it. He was like, oh, you know. Meanwhile, you know, Euronymous is gay. But um, he, <laughs> you know, said nothing about the parades of women that were portrayed uh, in the movie that he was getting. So... And uh, finally, he did not burn one church. That was all made up. That was all blamed on him by the other turncoats. Uh, he said he never burned the church. So yeah. Um, yeah, I was wondering on what the accuracy of that. That it made it seem like he was responsible for hundred percent of the I church burning. I don't think he's an honest person. I, well, I'm sure he. I'm sure he burned it. Yes, at least I one, think he probably did burn some churches. Did he burn them all? I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Because he probably caused like a movement. You know, a copycat movement. You know, like all these guys. This was basically a group of people that knew each other. This was like a localized group of people that were doing this. How many people were in Norway? Yeah, it's yeah, it like five people in Norway. So, and and they and basically these kids would go around the street trying to scare you know the the straights. You know they would go around the street and scream at children and you know, and then they'd see an old lady like oh I want to fuck her. You know like they would you know they would basically they were like punk rockers, you know and and I like I said like I know these kids. I, I ran into these kids when I was growing up. And I was not one of them. I was, I knew, like, I was like, what is, what is with these kids in their fucking costumes? You know, just, of course, now I wear a costume, don't I? <laughs> you yeah. do? Not really. No, not really. I wear my battle breath on special occasions. <laughs> you know, midlife crisis, you know? Um, but, yeah, so, you gotta see, you really, whether you're into this, uh, this legend or you're not, I think you should see this movie. It's, um, it's an important lesson in life, I think. I, I give it, you know... I would be interested in someone's take if, who didn't know the story already. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear from someone who just looked at like, it as a no murder. No idea it was going to It's a thriller, you know? Someone just viewed it as a thriller about these kids. 
you know. I think they would they wouldn't believe that he was murdered and like wasn't a true story. Like it wouldn't seem to come out of nowhere. Like Yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't know if like if they didn't know the story, like they didn't think that was gonna happen at the end. Yeah, no. Know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like holy shit, he just stabbed him. But yeah, and that's what really happened and Apparently that's how it went down at the end. Like I didn't think I was like oh, when I was watching the movie, I didn't really know like the details of the story. I was like, oh, that's not how it went down. But no, that actually reading that is exactly how it went down. How he was stabbed. So, so. when we were talking last week, you mentioned how you know you'll watch Varg with the because it's the the you know the doubt. You had the doubt. Like, yeah. Maybe now I it don't. was self defense. Now I don't. And I. So how do you feel about watching? I, I I'm disgusted by him. If this is true, which I think it mostly is, I mean, he definitely stabbed somebody. But th- th- that was true. Times. No, there was no obviously. That's proven. That's proven in court. That's proven by evidence. Proven by DNA and all that shit. And pr- crime investigation. But yeah, I always had this little shadow of a doubt. Like, what if Euronymous was bad? Uh, but I mean, he was. He wasn't great. Yeah, he wasn't great, and he probably did he joke around. To like die one reason. Yeah, he did not. Even if he's a bad businessman, if he's he an asshole, death. he didn't deserve to be stabbed thirty times. He, he warranted some punishment. Yeah. Short of death. Uh, apparently, one of the things was that he threatened to kill Varg, but he was probably jo- if he did say that, he was just he's like, I'm gonna kill that guy and make a snuff film. So it it got that Varg got word of just it. Just part of the arms race. Yeah, yeah, it was just part of the arms race. Him trying to be edgy, he wasn't gonna do it. Uh, another fault. One false thing about the movie, according to Varg. Uh, at the end, before Euronymous is killed, the night before, his he has his girlfriend cut his hair short as if he's like giving up his power, almost like Samson, like I'm giving up my power, like I'm I'm not playing this game anymore, you know I'm I'm going clean, you know. Well, yeah, that. That's that, I think that's what it represents. Euronymous's it didn't really character arc was like he, he yeah. was growing up. Yeah, he was growing up. He cuts his he hair. Cut his which hair. It's a symbol. Off. Um, it, that did not really happen. <laughs> he's um, promptly murdered. Varg actually said, he's like, because Varg interpreted that as them just making a stupid mistake. He's like, you saw his autopsy photos. He had short hair because they cut his hair off after, because I stabbed him in the fucking head. He said that, like, he, he's like, yeah, I stabbed him in the fucking head. Oh, he's like, Varg. And, and he's like, I had trouble getting, just like you see in the movies, like, I had trouble getting the knife out. He said that, like, he said it was, it was like, ooh, that's scary. It was cold when he said it. I was like, oh shit, that guy's, yeah, psychopath. And he's like, yeah, they cut his hair off when they did the autopsy. He's like, they didn't, he didn't, he didn't have short hair when I put a fucking knife in his head. Oh yeah, it was scary. But, um, yeah, so that was, you know, but he thinks, I think that was a symbol of the movie. I don't think that was a mistake. I think they did that as liberty. Yeah, they definitely framed it like. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, they thought he cut his hair. I don't think they thought that at all. But. So, it was a metaphor. Yeah, it was a metaphor. Exactly. Varg, that's, that's it was all a it metaphor. Was. Yeah, Varg, you took it serious. I don't think it, it wasn't meant to be um, literal, Varg. I love how triggered Varg. Yeah, you're so <laughs> triggered by this, Varg. Varg, Varg. Varg, I hope, like, you get dysentery or something, like, out in the field. Like, you're a truly fucked up human being. Like, you've if they made an got epilogue, serious problems. Like, it should be. Like, if they, let's say, when they release this on DVD, they include an epilogue, and it's like. This movie pissed off Varg so Yeah, much. that would be good. Like, Varg, you want you come stab me. Come to my house, stab me. Come from France in your fucking VW bus. Come stab me 30 times, okay, dude? Come come here. You know, you're dude, a, you're, he you're did a, that. He's like, he might. He'll, he'll like, swim over here or something. You know? Like, yeah. All right. That's, that's, that's all we have to say about it. It's a good movie, though. You should definitely, definitely see this movie. I hope I didn't give away too much, but you know what happens. If, you, if you're a true metal fan... And you're a fan of true black metal. 
you know what happens. You heard about this a thousand times. But it's finally, you know, done in living color and very bloody. Um, so, yeah, what do you say? Good film. Recommend. Good film. Recommend. I give it, like, you know, if I'm going to give a film four stars, I'd give it four stars. It's pretty good. Four out of four? Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed five. it. I haven't seen a movie I liked in a while. You know, I'm really uh, happy with it. You know? And other, you know, I've heard from some other metalheads that saw it who really liked it, too. I mean, I was... My only doubt was we just liked it because it was about metal. Yeah, I was wanted to see that story. So it was pandering to us a little bit. Yeah, I'm so glad they made the story on us. Bar. I don't know if it's, like, objectively a good movie. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely better than the Queen movie. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's graphic because it's graphic. It gets... No, details. that's not why. I think it's just a better movie. Like, well, yeah, written. it's a more detailed movie. It's a more detailed movie. It's a more localized movie. It's not like worldly. It's just a small I guess the only criticism I have is like, I, I, I guess it wasn't really a biopic on like mayhem. No, and no, no, certainly not. It like was it was just the story of Euronymous, of how Euronymous got murdered, yeah. basically. And Euronymous, of course, it kind of ironically narrates it. In the beginning, he says, it doesn't end well for me. And yeah. after he's dead, he's talking to you. He's like, don't feel sorry for me. He's like, I fucking deserve it. You know, he's like, this, this is what I fucking have. This is what but happened. Like the, they make mayhem to seem like they played one show. Yeah. And yeah, which they, they were. Released you know, one album. Maybe, I think they were playing more and, than that. Yeah, like. It just, yeah, they, it they, just they, they like, glossed that over. It wasn't important. Yeah, the band I was guess. not important. You know, yeah, they did. I think they did more things than that. But I, I guess it just made it seem like you wouldn't really understand. Like Euronymous was so important in like the black circle. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, but he was. I think. I think he was like, considered wait. the birther of black metal of of Norwegian black metal. Yeah, you know? like it didn't. They didn't make it seem like he was playing in a band. Or yeah, like, yeah, that wasn't yeah, important. Was having any success? It was. Really. It was not a musical. Okay, it was not a musical. It wasn't all. a biopic, which is good because yeah. uh, music biopics are usually yeah. pretty bad. It, it did not really revolve around the music. Not really. It revolved I mean, around... I played music. Yeah, but they weren't... Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, anyway. really about them playing. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all. It's a short episode. This is the news. Uh, next week, we'll it's do... really that short. We'll do... Oh, yeah, why not? I got, I got a lot to talk. So now that, you know, we could talk a lot because I'm just doing, you know, I don't have to take my, you know, rush or anything. Uh, so... Yeah, next week we'll do a real episode without the news. There aren't going to be any news next week, so don't expect it. So uh, with that, with that, um, let's end this thing. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to follow us on social media, including Twitter at Here Lies Metal, Facebook at Here Lies Metal, Instagram Metal Lies Here, and give me a shot. Give me a shout out by email. Tell me about um, why you why you want to see um, in this moment uh, with. Five Finger Death Punch. Please, that's the subject. Uh, Metal at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to Here Metal on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now Spotify. And don't forget to rate us. If this podcast sucks, only you have the power to destroy it. it once again, it is my passion to bring you, the listener, these tales of metal. However, if you'd like to support the show, your donations are highly appreciated. You can find me at patreon.com forward slash Here Lies Metal. See you next week. Metal fans, goodbye.